What's up, Journey Church International? My name is Christian. For those of you who are brand new, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, and it's my joy to, uh, to bring you today's teaching lesson uh, today through video. For those of you who are brand new or maybe you haven't been in a few weeks, uh, myself and Pastor David Cole, uh, some men from our finance team and from our leadership team uh, have been in India. Uh, we're currently today in Israel. Uh, but uh, it's, it's one of my roles here to be able to teach God's word to our people each and every week. Uh, so it's my joy to join you by video today, and I hope as we open up God's Word together that you're really able to learn and focus on a critical word. Uh, we're in a series called Words with Friends, looking at six words that can change your life, and maybe today's word is as important as any word uh, that you've ever experienced in your life. It's the word blessing. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1 in your Bible. If uh, you're brand new to the church, that is like the very first chapter of the Bible. So just start at the front and you'll run into Genesis chapter 1 really quickly. Uh, we are, if, if uh, this is your first time here, we hand out Bibles every Sunday uh, at our church. So if you didn't bring a Bible today, if you don't have a Bible, if you want a Bible, our ushers are going to go down the aisle, just wave at them. They'll give you a Bible that you can use today. And if you don't have your own Bible at home, keep this. This is yours. Put your name in it. Bring it back every Sunday so that uh, every time we're in church, you can open up God's Word and study along with us. Uh, and for those of you who are new, we have our sermon guide. You can take this. You'll be able to take notes on this as we follow along. There won't be PowerPoint today on the screen because I'm there, but I will help you uh, know when you need to write a word into, uh, into a blank so that you can follow along. But Genesis chapter 1 is where we are today. And literally everything that we know of world history, of uh, religious history, of spiritual history, begins in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, and we see on the sixth day that God creates humanity. Uh, he creates man and woman. And it's really interesting to see the very first thing that God does for humanity uh, once they find themselves on planet Earth. So we're in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read ver through verses 26 through 31. Uh, then we're going to flip over to Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to look at today uh, what the word blessing means and how we can in our life pursue blessing, understand blessing, and be a blessing to others. That, in a nutshell, is what we're talking about today. Genesis 1:26. Uh, we are now on the very sixth day of creation and here's what the Bible says then God said let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground so God created mankind in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them and then verse 28 here's the very first thing God ever did to humanity verse 28 God blessed them I want you to underline that in your Bible, or circle it, or highlight it, or write it down. The very first thing that God ever did to any man or woman, as soon as he got done creating them, was he blessed them. So God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food to you. And so it was so. So God saw all that he'd made, and it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. You need to understand as we get ready to embark kind of on a study of the Bible today, that the very first thing that God ever did to anyone in the history of the world is that he blessed them. And then very soon after that, he created a way to bless not only the first people, Adam and Eve, but everyone who would ever live. If you have your Bible, go to Genesis chapter 12, just a few chapters off to your right. 
And in Genesis chapter 12, you're going to see God go from blessing two people to God finding a man named Abraham and telling him that he was going to found a nation named Israel, which is where we are today, meeting with organizations trying to figure out how Journey Church International uh, can plant a church and help uh, influence Christianity uh, in Israel. Um, and he tells Abraham, hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to find a man. I'm going to find a place. I'm going to find a nation. But here's the reason, because I want to bless the entire world. God is all about blessing. Genesis chapter 12 says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. And I'm going to make you into a great nation. And I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I want you to stop right there and underline that first part of verse 3. In case you're wondering, you know, Christian, why are you and David and members of our finance team and members of our leadership team in Israel? Because we believe Genesis 12.3. Uh, Genesis 12.3, God said anyone who blesses Israel, God will bless. One of the things that I'm going to teach you today in our message is that as Christians, we need to pursue blessing. If God says, if you do this, I'll bless you, we need to go do those things. So we're in Israel today trying to figure out how to bless Israel with the gospel of Jesus because we want God's blessing on our church. Verse 3, I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all the peoples on earth, get this, will be blessed through you. Underline that. In Genesis chapter 12, God thought about you sitting where you are today in Lee Summit, Missouri, or if you're watching by video stream somewhere around the world, God thought about you in Genesis 12, and he wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity to be blessed. So he told Abraham, here's my plan, and we find it through all of Scripture, God's plan to bless humanity. But here's what I want to do today is, as we look at blessing in the context of Scripture, uh, being blessed comes with a responsibility. Uh, as we look through Scripture, anyone who was ever blessed by God had the responsibility to do three things. First, to understand that they were blessed, to get it, and to let that impact their life in the way that they lived. Um, secondly, they were responsible to return it. Uh, anyone who truly understands that they are blessed will try to be a blessing to others. Uh, and thirdly, to pursue it. Anyone who understands that God is in the business of blessing people uh, will try to figure out how that happens and they'll try to make it happen. We had two weeks ago our Easter egg hunt uh, and we had 17,000 Easter eggs. We said we were going to do 15, but our church was so generous they gave extra. Uh, and of the 17,000 Easter eggs, we had 200 golden eggs. And these golden eggs gave an extra blessing, not just a little piece of candy that would fit in an egg, but these golden eggs gave you the opportunity to go get a full-size candy bar, a full-size package of Skittles, a full-size uh, package of Starburst. And the kids were not only picking up eggs, but they were all looking for the golden egg because they knew that the golden egg had, had more blessing than the regular egg. That's what we're talking about in today's message. How do we as Christians not just live our life picking up the regular egg, but how do we pursue the golden eggs in life spiritually that are going to lead to the most blessing in our life? That's what I want to teach you today. So grab your sermon notes, uh, grab your pen, and let's begin to talk about blessing a little bit this morning. The first thing you need to do, uh, we said that every Christian needs to first understand what blessing is. So the first thing I want to teach you today is that blessing, according to Scripture, is an attitude. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 5, and you need to understand blessing is an attitude. When we truly understand what blessing is, it changes not just the way that we live, uh, but it changes the way we think, changes the way we understand, changes the way we appreciate. Uh, and in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are what, uh, what in Scripture is called the Sermon on the Mount. 
Uh, this week, Pastor David Cole has told us that he's going to take us to where the Sermon on the Mount was given. And, and one of the men who's traveling with us has memorized the entire Sermon on the Mount, all three chapters. And I told him, if we get to the Sermon on the Mount, we're all going to sit down and you're going to quote it to us. And we're going to picture what it would have been like to listen to Jesus preach this great sermon. But in Matthew chapter 5, we find out that blessing is an attitude. Uh, starting in verse 3, if you have your Bibles. If not, you can just listen as we go along. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus, almost 10 different times, said, blessed are you if you, he didn't say if you do these things, but he said, if you have this attitude. Blessed are you. And what Jesus is doing in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's moving the nation of Israel from religion to a relationship with God. And he's helping them understand you are blessed if you understand that God is near you and that he loves you and that he wants to meet your needs and that he wants to meet the needs of others. Blessed are you if you understand that God is more about relationship than religion. Blessed are you, Jesus is saying, if you understand that God is less about moral code uh, and he's more about just in, in your head understanding um, that, that God is a movement that he wants to be in you and God is a mindset. So Jesus is moving us from religion. I go to church and I'm blessed to a relationship because God is in my life all day every day I'm blessed Jesus is moving us from a moral code blessed if I don't do these ten things to a mindset of I'm blessed just because God loves me and can change me from the inside to the outside Sermon on the Mount is about just an awareness and an attitude that God is real that he's there that he cares that he wants to meet needs that he knows us that he knows people in our lives and if we have an attitude of understanding and appreciating and just being aware that God is around us all the time and in us all the time, Jesus says that will be a blessing to your life. Uh, it's the thought that he gives us in Psalm 46.1. One of my favorite psalms starts out this way. God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. On your sermon notes, I want you to write the words, God is ever-present. It's the thought that God is always there. Blessing is, is an awareness. Blessing is an attitude of understanding God is always there. And when we have that attitude, when we have that awareness, it literally will change the way that we live. Now, I obviously have filmed this message uh, before I left uh, to go overseas, but uh, it's Sunday now. It's April 29th where, where you are listening to this message. Uh, and by now, I should have already been in and out of India. Um, and I want to tell you how, how, how simple it is to take the blessings of God for granted because I have done it all of my life. Um, you know, this is the first time I've been overseas to a third world country. And when you go to a third world country, it, it is not like 
the United States of America. And I've kind of joked with you the last few weeks because, uh, you know, I've had to get shots for this and that. And um, just a few days ago, I had to go get two more shots. And I almost passed out in the clinic. And they laid me on the floor. And they put an ice pack on my head. And while I was on the floor in the clinic with an ice pack on my head, I realized how much the carpet stunk and how dirty everything was. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have to get more shots just for laying on the floor because of the diseases I'm picking up here. But they, they wanted to let me know, listen, where you are going does not have the blessings of America. You're not safe. So I had to get typhoid um, and inoculation so I wouldn't catch typhoid fever. And then I had to get hepatitis A. Then I had to get hepatitis B. Uh, now I'm on malaria medication. They told me when I go, when you're taking a shower, you can't open your eyes in the shower or you could get typhoid fever. You can't open your mouth and swallow uh, the, the water from the shower. When you brush your teeth, you have to use bottled water instead of tap water. Most of you this morning, hopefully, took a shower before you came to church or last night or uh, hopefully at least at one point in the week. How many of you realized you were blessed because you, were, you didn't have to close your eyes and close your mouth or you could contract a disease that would kill you? How many of you are, ha have realized and understood that you're blessed that you're not on malaria medication every day of your life because the mosquito population uh, where we live, if you get bit, you could die. These are blessings that I've taken for granted all of my life. This is the America where we complain about food that's clean and, and you know, will keep us safe and won't kill us because it doesn't taste exactly right. Jesus is trying to help us understand that blessing is an attitude. Blessing is an awareness. A blessing is an appreciation just for what God has given you. So here's my challenge for you in, in this point. Every point is going to have um, a, a thought that will help us understand blessing better, and then every thought will have a blessing challenge. Here's my blessing challenge for this first thought of understanding blessing is an attitude. See a blessing in your life. That's the blank that you'll fill in on your sermon notes. See a blessing. As a matter of fact, you should start thinking right now, and, and let me give you five. If you're married, there's a blessing. If you have kids, there's a blessing. If everyone is healthy, there's a blessing. If you have a job, there's a blessing. If you live in a house, there's a blessing. If you're healthy, there's a blessing. And we could go on and on and on. Uh, they have started since September 11th. If you go to any uh, a, a professional baseball game, they've always opened with the Star Spangled Banner. But since September 11th on big, big games, opening day, 4th of July, uh, the whole stadium will sing God Bless America at the beginning of the seventh inning. Uh, and I was at opening day this year with my wife. We made it kind of a date to, to go hang out at opening day. And when they started singing that song, God Bless America, uh, it's the first time I thought, because of a week filled with shots and medication and warnings about going over to India, where I thought, you know, God really has blessed America. Uh, God has blessed me by allowing me to live here. God has blessed my family by allowing them to be here. And I need to see the blessing in my life if I want to truly understand that word. So challenge number one today, see a blessing. See a blessing and thank God for it because blessing is an attitude of understanding who God is and what he wants to do in your life. Number two, uh, and this is, will be the next major blank on your sermon notes that you'll fill out. I said you needed to understand blessing. I said Christians need to be in the habit of returning blessing. So you need to realize according to the Bible, blessing is an action. Blessing is an action. It's actually something we do for somebody else. You say, where is that? Galatians chapter 4, uh, verses 14 and 15. Uh, you don't have to turn there, uh, but you, you might jot it down uh, on, your, on your page. 
Uh, we're going to define blessing first and foremost before we get into that verse as this. And I have defined it this way on your sermon notes. Doing something for somebody without expecting anything in return. That's the definition of blessing someone. Doing something for somebody without expecting anything in return. If you do something for someone so they will pay you, that's called a job, not a blessing. If you do something for someone hoping that one day they might do something for you instead of doing it without expecting anything, that's just called using people. Uh, you know, the, the golden rule states, do unto others if you would have them do to you. Blessing someone is just doing for someone what they need to have done for them without expecting anything in return. So when I talk about blessing being an action, I'm not talking about you getting paid back for it. I'm talking about you living to bless other people. Galatians chapter 4 says this. Paul's writing to the church in Galatia, and he says, you've been a blessing to me. And he says, even though my illness was a trial to you, you didn't treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? He said, these were things that you did for me, and they blessed me. So what is blessing? Blessing, according to Scripture, is doing something to help those that are in need. Doing something to bless those that need help. So you say, well, how, how can I create a blessing? Well, every time you give in the offering at our church, you are blessing someone. You're blessing little girls in India that we hung out with last week. Uh, you're blessing a new church plant in Israel. You're blessing kids in Lee Summit that we give uh, money to so that they can eat food. You're blessing the schools that we support their food pantry uh, and all their school supplies. You know, every time you do something to help someone in need, every time you're downtown and you give money to help someone in need, every time you realize that a family member needs something and you're able to provide it for them without expecting anything in return, you're blessing them. So part of active blessing is doing things to help people in need. But the Bible also says there's more to active blessing than just helping people in need. The Bible says that we should bless those who persecute us. We should bless those who hate us. We should bless those who talk bad about us. We should bless those who don't like us. So one part of active blessing is helping hurting people. Another part of active blessing is actively treating. Written in 1 Peter 3, 9. Peter says, don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Don't do that. You're going to bless people by just not retaliating when they come against you. On the contrary, Peter says, repay evil with a blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. What was that, Peter? Peter says when you choose to bless people who curse you, you're actually going to be the one who gets blessed. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we find out part of active blessing is blessing people who maybe haven't treated us the right way. And part of that is just forgiving them. Like we've talked about in last week's message, we... We talked about the need to forgive people even when they don't want it, even when they don't think they've done anything wrong, even when they don't acknowledge it. Sometimes you don't even tell them, but in your heart and spirit, you just forgive them. That word forgiveness, you act as if it's never happened. Uh, forgiveness isn't reconciliation. We talked about that last week. doesn't mean you're going to go be best friends with someone who's hurt you, but it means that you're over it um, and you're, you're blessing them just by leaving it alone. That's what Peter says. The Bible also says that active blessing uh, is blessing people so that they can understand who Jesus is. So when you invite someone to church, when you invite someone to a Bible study, when you help someone understand that you're a Christian, when you live sent, like we talked about in our last series, you're actually actively blessing people when you live a life that helps them know who Jesus is. You say, Christian, where is that? 1 Corinthians 9, 
verses 22 through 24. The Apostle Paul says, To the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I've become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, so that I can be a blessing. Paul says, When I live my life to help other people know who Jesus is, I have become a blessing. When I realize what others need of me in order to understand Jesus in my life, I have become a blessing. So blessing is an attitude, and it's, it's thanking God for all that he's given us and having an awareness and understanding of who he is. But blessing is an action. It's actually trying to help people in need. It's treating correctly people who have mistreated you. It's helping the people in your life understand who Jesus is. Those are all blessings. Maybe the simplest way to say this point, that blessing is an action, is this way. And I want you to write down these two phrases. See a need, meet a need. See a need, meet a need. Write that down on your sermon notes. See a need, meet a need. You see, some of you today have some needs you're aware of in people's life. Meet them. Your neighbor is maybe in the hospital or maybe has been out of town. You can tell they need their grass cut. You could be a blessing today by cutting his grass. You have a family member who you know is kind of down and out on their luck. Go grocery shopping today and deliver them a carload of groceries without saying anything. Be a blessing to them. You have someone who's hurting in life and maybe they've hit rock bottom. You can be a blessing by telling them what Jesus has done for you. Maybe someone has mistreated you and you avoid them at all costs and, and you're going to just let that line, if you see them in the grocery store now, you're going to stop and say hello. You'll be a blessing just by treating properly those who have mistreated you. So see a need, meet a need. The blessing challenge for this point is simply this, be a blessing. Don't just be aware of the blessing. You know, point number one was see a blessing. Point number two, be a blessing. That's what you're going to fill out on your sermon notes there under blessing challenge. So we want to help you see blessings in your life. Uh, as a Christian, you want to be a blessing in your life. But then step number three, and here's really the cool part that can really change your life. As a Christian, you should pursue blessing. That's what your sermon note is going to say to you. And you pursue blessing by understanding that blessing is a reward. Blessing, uh, a blessing from God is actually something that you can achieve in life by living the right way. Where is that? Galatians chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, I'm actually going to ask you to turn over to this one because it's such a great verse. You should have it underlined in, in your Bible. And this is one of those verses that you should memorize. If you don't have a lot of the Bible memorized where you can kind of know what it says without having to look in the Bible, this is one that you want to have memorized. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And the whole thought of this verse is that as a Christian, we can pursue blessing. As a Christian, we can do things that will earn blessings from God, which is a really, really cool thing. Where is that? Blessing is a reward. Galatians 6, verse 9. Uh, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation because I love how the New Living Translation wraps this point for us. Um, I'll read it in the NIV first for those of you who turn there in your Bibles that have an NIV. Uh, Paul says to the church in Galatia, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Now, we read that in the New International Version. You say, like a harvest of what? Like a harvest of corn? Like a harvest of green beans? Well, I'm not a farmer, so I, you know, I don't understand. The New Living Translation helps explain what Paul is saying there better in the modern English. And here's what it says. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Listen closely. For at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And you say, what, it, what is, like, what's Paul talking about there? Paul says, 
don't get tired of doing the right thing. What is the right thing? The last part of Galatians chapter 5 and the first part of Galatians chapter 6 all have to deal with how we treat people. How we treat, listen to me, if you're married, how we treat our spouses. And Paul said, don't get tired of treating your spouse the right way. Because at just the right time, God is going to bless you for doing that, even if your spouse could care less. If, uh, Galatians chapter 5 talks a little bit about um, how we treat our, our kids and our family. And Paul's going to say there to us, listen, don't get tired of treating people the right way, your kids the right way. Because even if they drive you crazy, God is going to bless you for treating people the right way, people who work for us, people who work with us, the random people in our life. Paul says, listen, don't get tired of treating people the right way. Because even though they may never even say thank you when you treat people the right way, you are pursuing a blessing, you're earning a blessing, and you're going to be blessed. As a matter of fact, you're going to reap an entire harvest, all kinds of blessings, if you treat people the right way. So the blessing challenge here, uh, if point one was be a blessing or see a blessing, and point two was uh, be a blessing, point three, our blessing challenge on your sermon notes is achieve a blessing. Live your life in such a way that you are pursuing the blessing of God on your life more than anything else. In Galatians 1, chapter 10, same book, Paul says, listen, I can either live for people and try to make people happy all the time and hope to bless people, or I can live for God and I can live for the blessing of God. And he said, I'm going to choose to live for God's blessing because he's the only one who judges fairly, who sees everything, and he gives us the greatest blessings in the world according to the Bible. So we achieve blessing by pursuing God, not humanity. So you say, well, you know, I've been trying to be nice to my neighbor who's not so nice to me. They never see what I'm doing. I'm never going to be blessed. God sees it. Well, I've been trying to be fair in my job. Everyone else is cheating to get ahead, and I'm trying to do the right thing, but nobody sees it, and I'm the only one who hasn't gotten a promotion. God sees it, and God will bless you. Well, I've been trying to be kind to my spouse and love my spouse, but they're verbally abusive and physically abusive and emotionally abusive, and, you know, I, I've done everything right, but they'll, they'll never see it. God sees it. See, we pursue blessings and achieve blessings by living for God and praying that He sees us, trusting that He sees us, and believing that He actually rewards us the way that He says He's, he's going to. Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories maybe pictures this better than any other story in the Bible. And I'm going to teach through. Some of you are, are pretty new to church. Even a lot of you who are, are new to church are, are, aren't new to church, are new to the Bible. So we're doing a, a sermon series this summer, 10 to 12 weeks, called Bedtime Stories. And we're just going over the greatest stories in the Bible. And I'm going to teach through the 10 greatest stories in the Bible. And then in our small groups, our summer small groups are actually going to, it's going to be a deeper curriculum on these Bible stories. So on Sunday, you'll learn them at church. And then in your small groups throughout the week, you'll talk even more about them. So that by the end of the summer, the greatest stories in the Bible, you're going to have locked in your head, locked in your heart, and you're going to know how they can change your life. Here's one of the problems with that. I had our staff team uh, submit their top 10, and when it added to my top 10, there were like 25 different greatest stories in the Bible that everyone has to know. So we're probably going to do Bedtime Stories, Greatest Stories of the Bible, Volume 1 this summer, and then we may come back and do Volume 2 next summer, and then we may come back and do Volume 3 the summer after that, and then we'll have somebody put it all in a book that you can give to your kids so that you can tell your kids, look, if you know these 25 stories, you'll know the greatest stories in the Bible and how they can impact your life. So we're excited to teach the Bible so that you can know these stories. 
But one of my favorite stories is the story of Jacob. Uh, Jake, we read about Abraham in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Jacob was Abraham's grandson. He had a twin brother named Esau. Esau was his older twin brother, and Esau was supposed to receive the bulk of his dad's inheritance. But when his dad was old, uh, he was blind, he was sick, uh, basically Jacob snuck in, stole his blessing, stole his inheritance. His older brother hated him, vowed if he ever saw him again that he would kill him. And for 20 years, Jacob ran away. And after 20 years, Jacob was finally going back home, and someone came and told him, Esau found out you're coming, uh, and he's coming to see you. And Jacob thought, oh, no, he's going to kill me. So that night, he sends all his servants and his wives and his sons someplace safe, and he goes to the desert to a place called the River Jabbok, and he starts praying. And God comes down and meets him there, and, and Jacob begs God, to protect him, to give him safety, to be with him, to be his God so that he can follow him. I mean, Jacob begs God to be with him. And to the point where when God, when it was time for God to go be God again, Jacob grabbed him. And it says they began to wrestle and Jacob wouldn't let go. And I want you to read what Jacob says because here's how I want the people of our church to pursue blessing. Here's what Jacob said in, in Genesis 32:26. God said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God, I will not let go of you until you bless me. Man, if every Christian pursued God that way, that I'm going to stay so close to God and I'm not going to let go of God until he blesses me, it would radically change your life for the rest of your life. Or maybe you could be like a, a guy that, the, that we only know in the Bible is Jabez. The Bible says that Jabez, every day of his life, prayed that God would bless him. Let me ask you a question. Those of you who have grown up in church, those of you who are new to church, those of you who pray, those of you who don't pray, do you think God would bless your life if every day of your life you got up and said, God, bless me today? Because that's what Jabez did. Every day of his life he pursued blessing. How? By pursuing God. In 1 Chronicles 4.10, the Bible says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I can be free from pain. And God granted his request. The punctuation where Jabez says, Oh, God, that you would bless me, it has the intensity of adding like 10 exclamation points behind it. He was literally crying out to God, Bless me, bless me, bless me, please, God. Jacob cried out to God, Bless me, bless me. Bless me, please, God. And I want the people of our church. Listen, I know there are people in our church that are hurting. I know there are people in our church that are sick. I know there are people in our church that your marriages aren't good, that your kids are causing you trouble. I, life is hard. And all of us need a little more of God in our life. So I want to encourage you. Through this message today, put this word blessing in your head. And do three things. Live to understand that blessing is an attitude and see the blessings every day. There may be a lot of things going wrong in your life today, but there are things going right too. Recognize them as blessings from God. Not just circumstances or coincidences, blessings from God. So I want to challenge you. See the blessings in your life. I want to challenge you. Once you see the blessings, you'll want others to have them too. Be a blessing. Understand that blessing just isn't an attitude and an awareness of what God has done for you. Blessing is actually an action that you can have on someone else. You can bless someone. And I, man, here's my challenge to you. Before you go to bed tonight, 
be a blessing to someone. Some of you have people that you work with that are discouraged. Text them today and just say, thinking about you, praying for you. Email someone, Facebook someone, tweet someone. For those of you who are much older, get out your typewriter and write a letter and put a, put a stamp on it, send it in the mail. Be a blessing to someone today. Just one paragraph would encourage someone so much to know, hey, I'm thinking about you and I hope things are going well in your life. Live to see the blessings, live to be a blessing, and then listen, from this day forward, your life should never be the same because you should live to pursue the blessing of God. Ask Him for it every day. He will not get offended if every day of your life you wake up and say, God, bless me today. Bless me today, God, to live for you, to be a blessing, and to see blessings. If you do that, your life could radically be transformed forever. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Pastor Ryan Holt is going to come on the stage, and he's going to lead you in a time of invitation. Some of you, the greatest blessing you can ever have in your life is to be forgiven, to become a Christian, to invite Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior, and to begin today a relationship with God. Pastor Ryan will tell you how to do that. Some of you, the greatest thing you can do is just to apologize to God for your bad attitude because you have seen everything but the blessings in your life. And today, the thing that you need to do as a Christian is just say, God, I'm sorry for having such a bad attitude. Um, help me see the blessings. And some of you, maybe the most desperate of you, the one prayer that you need to pray today before you leave church is God bless me. And you're going to hang on to God so tight. Just tell him, God, I ain't letting go of you until you bless me. Please, God, bless me. I believe that if you do that, he will do it. So I'm going to ask you right now to bow your heads, to close your eyes, and Pastor Reinhold is going to come and lead us in prayer right now.